0: And so we're continuing our study in the book of Matthew. So I want to encourage you to turn there to the Gospel of Matthew in chapter chapter 5. We're looking at uh, verses 9 through 12 today, but we will read the first 12 verses, beginning at verse 1 in chapter 5 of the book of Matthew. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Let's pray, please. Our Father and God, we come to you again. We thank you for your holy word. How privileged we are, as your children, to have your holy word. And here in the United States, we have your word in abundance. Meaning that we have so many copies, we have access. We realize that throughout history, many if not most civilizations did not have the wonderful privilege that we have to have the entire Bible. And Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray that as we study your word, that you be our teacher by God the Holy Spirit to the honor and to the glory of the Lord Jesus, and that we as your people will have hearts prepared Hearts that are attentive and sensitive and open to your truth. And Lord, we pray also that we will take your word and your truth and share it with others with the hope and the desire that they will come to know your love, your forgiveness, and receive the wonderful gift of eternal life. We thank you, Lord, again for your grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we're looking at the verses 9 through 12 today. And verse 9 begins, Blessed are the peacemakers. Now, Just a reminder again, what does that word blessed mean or blessed, to be blessed, it's to be fortunate or well off, to be happy or happier. In the most basic definition it means happy, but carries with it the idea of being fully content, content, content. You know, businesses, all of their advertisements and such, are based upon discontent, right? You need this product so that your life will be full, amen? (laughs) And uh, you need this particular product because this is the only one that will truly meet your needs, whatever those needs might be, okay? The Bible teaches us differently. Our contentment is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Contentment is found in God and in God alone. Now, the lesson here. Blessed are the peacemakers. So, in looking at the word peace, the Bible definition of how that word is used, quietness. Quietness. Rest. It also means to set at one. We use the term atonement. Atonement at one meant Christ, who died upon the cross, made peace. You follow? Christ, upon the cross, made it possible for the human race to enter into a peaceful or reconciled relationship with God the Father. God the Father, who is holy, created the bridge. The bridge is the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ between a sinful humanity and holy God. He brought peace. And how wonderful it is to have peace with God. And then, Maker, a peacemaker, that is, someone who does something, that is, to make, to do, or to cause, or to commit to. Jesus says, blessed are those who commit their lives to him, amen, and enter into this this relationship of peace with him, but also are those who share that relationship of peace with others. Oh, what do we need? We hear the songs and we listen to the politicians talking about peace, but isn't it sad that Man's way of establishing peace is through violence and war. Now, the promise they shall be called sons of God. And to be called means to be appointed, to be named, designated, identified as God's children. You know, God wants us to live peaceful lives. Amen. His desire for us was to live lives of peace and tranquility. Now, one of the things that uh, that I would tell our kids when we would uh, be on a drive somewhere, and I'd ask them, well, "What do you see out there?" You know, and they would say, "Cows, <laughs> horses, sheep." I said, well, what do you notice about?" This? Well, they're eating, or they're lying down. They don't get in a hurry, do they? Unless they're being pursued. Unless they're being chased, right? And we fill our lives with so much activity. Makes it very difficult for us to live peaceful lives. But notice. In verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. So, there's a particular context now. Changes in terms of how he's he's describing these different attitudes or conditions, and he, he provides a context now. Persecution is to pursue or follow after with harmful intent. Do you believe that there are people out there who actually have a harmful intent? They really do. You know, there are so many people who have the gift of of verbal communication. I started to say the gift of gab. You know, <laughs> you could. Um, you think of a used car salesman? <laughs> right? And there's so many other salesmen. And you've, you've gotta have a certain personality, really, to be a, a salesman, right? And there are some people who have harmful intent, but they'll do their best to sell you the moon, if they could, to be persecuted. And Jesus teaches that his children are going to experience persecution and we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more in, in the next uh, slide but notice it's for righteousness sake or because of the equity of your character justification and we we've, we've studied this word it's a, the doctrine of justification but God by divine decree, declares us forgiven and treats us as though we were actually innocent. Stop for a moment and consider that. Because Jesus went to the cross and we've accepted him as our Savior, God looks at us as his righteous children. Not that we have any righteousness of our own. We've already acknowledged we're, we're all sinners. But we're saved sinners. If you have placed your faith in Christ Jesus and accepted Him as your Savior, as your Lord, then the Bible says that He has taken your sin upon Himself. That is, the penalty for your sin. And in place of that, He has given to us His righteousness. It's an amazing, amazing gift that God has given to us. He has bestowed that upon us. That's what justification means. God has declared us innocent, forgiven. Now, we all know we're not innocent, right? (laughs) But God deals with us (coughs) As though we are and when we share God's love and when we, when we talk about God well the devil seeks to destroy that and he influences other people who reject that and they use all of the various philosophies you know and positions and perspectives and they like to present logical which are really illogical arguments against faith in Christ and some do so with harmful intent and you see the devil is very subtle he's a deceiver and he uses deception but notice the promise Jesus gives a promise "For, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and over in the book of Revelation we read that those who have entrusted their lives to Christ have their names written in the book of life. Amen. And it's it's the book of eternal life. The book of eternal life. Our names are written in heaven. Now moving on to verses 11 and 12. Blessed are you. Blessed are you when they. Now who are the they? The unbeliever. But not every unbeliever acts this way. Some unbelievers are unbelievers because they've not heard the message of God's love for them. But other people who are unbelievers have heard the message. Many have heard it several times, but they've chosen to reject it. They refuse to accept it. And they don't realize that they're being used of the devil to become enemies of the cross and enemies of God's people. Now, the scripture is very clear. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Amen? Or in other words... People are not really our enemies. The devil and his demons are our enemies. But he uses unbelievers to work his dastardly plan of undermining the work and the ministry of churches and the lives of individual Christians. How do they do this? Well, the Lord says, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute. Now, what, is it, what does it mean? Or what's involved in this, in this persecution? Reproach. I remember, and some of you, and you who were in the service, and you you would get those evaluation reports, and, and one of the statements you know in there was He is above reproach. Okay? Reproach, to defame. There are people who who like to murder, if you will, the reputation of other people. Person says, Well, I've not I've not uh, you know, uh, broken that commandment. I've, I've not killed anyone. Ah, but have you ever been guilty of murdering someone's reputation? Politicians do it all the time. Ah, but sadly, they're not the only ones. To rail at. To taunt. You ever had someone taunt you because you were a Christian? Because you believed in the Bible? Such foolishness. Such foolishness. How could you, being an educated person, believe in all of those made-up stories of the Bible? To disgrace, they choose to disgrace you. You see, that's what the media does. If you have one of those well-known preachers, or some pastor of some major, some huge church somewhere, or even some little church somewhere, and they they fall, if you will, and they they commit some sin major sin, it will be plastered all across the newspapers, the magazines, and it'll be discussed and talked about in the media. Hmm. Now, Eden asked me about this. She said, cast in teeth? (laughs) Now, that's a term in one of the Bible dictionaries for this word to persecute. And it, it actually means to bite with words. And you've heard the term, right? Back biter? I'm sure you've heard that term, right? <laughs> you may have known a person or two who was a backbiter. Yes. And someone who 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 spreads information You know those people, they can't wait. They hear something that someone did or something that happened to someone. Boy, they can't wait to spread the news. They live to gossip. The Bible calls them tale bearers. They like to go about telling tales. Well, he goes on to say, And to say evil against you, that is wicked things. They're depraved in their thinking. Over in the first chapter in the book of Romans, and you can can read this. The Bible teaches that, that there are certain groups of people that have become so wicked and so depraved that God gives them over to their own depraved minds. To do those things which are wicked and evil and sinful. We see that being played out in our country and other countries around the world falsely. but notice what these Christ rejecters and persecutors of of the Lord's people say, what they're involved in is false. They lie. They exaggerate. They like to use hyperbole, right, when describing something that, that you've done or supposedly have done. To lie, to deceive by falsehood. And then he goes on and he says, and and, and this is the reason, the main reason, because of him. Because of Christ. And because of your faith in him. Because you, you dare to say, that you believe in Jesus, that you are a Christian. We mentioned in Sunday school, uh, isn't it sad? Our nation used to be known as a Christian nation. A Christian nation. And every president up until the point of one president actually took that position, that our nation was a Christian nation. Do you recall there was one president who stood and said, "Well, it's not a Christian, you know, just a Christian nation. There's Islam and all these other." You recall who that was? Obama. Yes, Obama. That's just factual. I watched and I heard myself. But well, this is a Christian nation built upon the Judeo-Christian principles found within the Bible. And we have mentioned before that the, the Constitution of the United States is based upon over 1,500 passages that come out of the Bible. That's why the liberals want to change it. And they not only want to change it, they want to do away with it. You see, a person can talk smoothly. Oh, they can have the gift of of verbal communication. Ah, but so does the devil. So does the devil. And you can tell when something is true and something is false if you know what God's word teaches. Yes, it used to be a Christian nation. Now, everything is being designed against the Bible, against Christianity. Oh, but embrace Islam. Said over in Afghanistan. And there were many people who, you know, they they wanted the U.S. to pull out of of Afghanistan. What are we doing there? What are we doing there? Been there for 20 years. You know that during that period of time, our missionaries were able to go into Afghanistan and to share the gospel of God's love. And that the U.S. built schools and hospitals and all kinds of other things and made it possible for girls and women to go to school and to begin careers. And people began accepting the Lord, many Christians... And now, Afghanistan has been identified as the most dangerous country in the world for Christians. That something like 16 Christians a day are being killed solely for the fact that they are Christian. They have a Bible. That's what it costs for us to pull out of Afghanistan because of Jesus. But notice what the Lord says. He says, rejoice when you're persecuted, when you're falsely accused, when you're treated poorly, when you're disrespected for preaching the Gospel, for sharing your love and your faith in Him, and they persecute you, and they treat you poorly, and disrespectfully, and shame you, and ridicule you, rejoice. Rejoice. The exact opposite of what the world do, right? Because the world says if somebody gets up in your face, well you just get right back up in their face. Right? Isn't that the way of the world? The Lord says, rejoice. And it means, the word that's used actually means to be calmly happy. Because you're to be under the control of God the Holy Spirit. And when you lose your temper, you are not under the control of God the Holy Spirit. When you lose your temper and you want to strike out, that's you. But to rejoice, to be calmly happy, well off again. There's that, right, that blessedness. Cheerful, joyful. And for an example, you just have to turn to the book of Acts, chapter 16, where after Paul and Silas had been beaten and whipped and arrested and thrown into prison at midnight, what were they doing at midnight? They were singing. <laughs> they were rejoicing. The Bible teachers said they were filled with joy, that they were counted worthy to suffer for the cause and the name of Christ. And what happened? It said the rest of the prisoners heard them singing. Even the jailer, they all heard them singing and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there was a tremendous earthquake and the jail cells were open and the jailer, he. He, he saw what was going on. He thought, oh my goodness, I'm a dead man. He was going to kill himself. Because back in those days, if you were a guard and you were guarding a prisoner, if that prisoner escaped, you paid for it with your own life. But the Apostle Paul cried out and said, do yourself no harm. We are all here. And he came shaking before Paul and said, sir, what must I do to be saved? The apostle said to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We need more earthquakes. <laughs> we need more people praising God. We need more people rejoicing and singing and telling people why we're so happy and so joyful in spite of the difficulties and the pain that we experience. Now, notice it says rejoice and be exceedingly glad. To be exceedingly glad means to exult, to rejoice greatly. And I like this one, to jump for joy. Amen? When was the last time you jumped for joy over the fact that you are a child of God, that God knows you? He knows your address. And the wonderful thing is, not only does He know you, but He loves you and He cares for you. And he wants to bless you from the heaven above. Not only in this life, but also in the life to come. Amen. Notice what he says here. Great is your reward in heaven. Abundant. Abundant. Plentiful. God has a tremendous reward for those who love him. So how did he... Conditions and promises apply to us today. We are to be peacemakers, not troublemakers. <laughs> Big difference. You know, I think probably every family has at least one troublemaker. Huh? <laughs> Someone who, you know, they, for whatever reason, they think it's their calling in life To make everyone else miserable. They can be critical, you you name it. If If the sky is blue, no, for them it's gray. If it's a gray sky, well, it's kind of blue. So on and so forth. You know what we're talking about. There are people like that, miserable people. But Christians are not to be miserable people. We're not to be miserable people. We're to be peacemakers, we're to be sowing peace. And yes, when we share the gospel, oftentimes people are offended by the sharing of the gospel, we realize. That. But our goal in sharing the gospel should always be that those that we're sharing with will come to know the love of the Lord in their lives, that they'll find hope in Him. And experience the peace that passes all understanding. Amen? Now, the enemy seeks to destroy you. Over in, in the book of Peter, he writes that we're to be sober minded, we're to be vigilant, always aware, always aware, observant, that the enemy, the devil, right? The devil, like a, a wounded lion, roaring lion roams the earth, seeking whom he may devour. Make no mistake about it, there is an enemy, the evil one, the devil. And he seeks to destroy. He seeks to devour. And we are to be vigilant. We are to be on guard. We are to be awake. We are to acknowledge that the devil does exist. And then, notice, you'll be attacked for your faith in the Lord Jesus. But when you are, jump for joy. (laughs) Rejoice and jump for joy. Now, no one likes being hollered. And no one likes to be on on the receiving end of somebody who's lost their temper. No one one likes that. No one likes being called names and those kinds of things. But at the same time, we as Christians must understand that when we share the message of the gospel with people, the devil will do everything in his power to cause them to not accept everything in his power to destroy any chance of them accepting the Lord. But we still are called to plant the seeds. And I think I shared, I I mentioned this in Sunday school last Sunday or or in preaching. We can't force anyone to listen to the message. Right? We, We can't but never underestimate the power of a seed. I saw this picture with this this huge, huge boulder, and it was split in two. And why was it split in two? Because a seed had germinated underneath this great big boulder, and had grown into a tree, and had split that boulder in two, and out of the middle of that boulder grew this great big tree, (laughs) you follow? We are to be peacemakers. We are to be sharing the message of God's love. And even though we run up against people who are, you know, have stones for hearts, we can still plan the seed. Amen? And then lastly, we are no different than the prophets of old. Jesus went on and he said, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You see, we oftentimes will, will read the Bible, and we'll think, "Well, well, that was you know those guys, and we're, you know, we're we're not like those guys. And you know, those are the ones that have their names in the in the Bible. They have their names in the book. they' you know, we're not quite on, on that level. That's wrong. They were sinners just like you and me." And we have a responsibility just like them. But here's the wonderful thing. God is going to reward us just like he, he's rewarding them. That's what Jesus is saying here. We're no different than the prophets of old. We will all be rewarded by God one day. One day. That day is coming. And it's not that far away. And so we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. Softly and tender, Jesus is calling for you and for me. He wants you to know that you have eternal life, that He offers forgiveness. And if you're here today and you've never received Jesus as your Savior, as we sing this hymn, you give your heart and life to Him. Or maybe you're you're wondering about church membership. Pray and ask the Lord if he would have you to join this particular body of believers to serve him, to worship him. And you come forward as well. We're going to stand, please. Let's stand. And as we sing, don't wait until the song is over with. You make your decision. You come to the Lord as we sing.